Welcome to the Lion's Roar Dharma Center podcast from Dona Darge Temple. This public talk by Lama Yeshe Jinpa was recorded during a regularly scheduled Sunday morning service. There's a benefit to being up a little higher. I can see everyone a little better. I don't know if you can see me better. Yeah, maybe, you know. But um, probably after this week, well then, because uh, I like people to see their shrine also, you know, like that. Um, one, t- one time, a uh, long time ago, uh, this is when we were on Watt Avenue, Peter might remember, like a therapist friend of mine, Gary, said, well, who do you think you are sitting up on the high throne? <laughs> I said, nobody, but this way you can see me better, you know? So the one way to think of emptiness uh, or realizing emptiness is just lead a transparent life, you know? Just be, lead a transparent life. Can people see through you? <clears throat> so I like it when people say, I see right through you. <laughs> I go, good. Yeah. But, um, uh, it, it's helpful to see people so I can see way in the back, back in the easy chair, and sometimes can't like that. But, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting that I do have their credentials, so it's interesting. <laughs> In, in the tradition, I am perceived as high lama, so it's and lineage lama, so it's it's right um, that actually I'm kind of like low. Uh, Basang and Geshla and the other lamas are always saying, "No, you got to dress up and you got to you know um, sit up there and do it," you know. Um, so, but it has a value, right? So we can be seen like that. So that's the value of having ritual. So people can see us, and we can um, be seen, and people can also see our awkwardness, right? That's important, you know, so we're not just hiding behind ritual or hiding behind robes. Then uh, you can see, like, oh, you know, his robe's falling down or something. <laughs> you, can, you can see like that, you know? <clears throat> Rinpoche, uh, Kansu Rinpoche felt very uh, relaxed here. Um, he's a very um, wonderful teacher, so I'm glad uh, he was really super uh, delighted he was here three nights. So uh, I think almost everybody got to um, see him one night, right? <clears throat> he's uh, easy to talk to and very interested in uh, everything in psychology and what we're doing. <clears throat> so he's particularly interested in uh, what what forms uh, uh, authentic Buddhism is taking place in in America. So the lamas like visiting here because we're we're doing authentic lineage dharma, but um, we're we're doing it also in a uh, unique way, like that. So. Uh, they know very much how to do kind of uh, dharma that is <laughs> not correct, but they're always like, oh, they're really doing it, but they're doing it this way. You see the distinction? They're going, oh, you're really doing it, and that's interesting. You're doing it also this way. <clears throat> uh, so, uh, like, for example, uh, uh, interviews with teacher and student in the monastery in Asia, 
are uh, generally just one way, right? So, you know, as he mentioned, you know, just like, this is how to do it, da-da-da. Um, and, of course, there's a reporting of um, uh, one's experience to one's teacher, and there's a little bit of testing. But, but generally, uh, it, it isn't uh, this kind of uh, dialogue process. So uh, that's what we're talking about. Like, even in Dharma, in the West, we like to kind of dialogue. We do a little bit of sharing of context, and we do, you know, like maybe conventional self, and then, then we share a little ultimate reality, and we kind of go back and forth like that. But uh, uh, traditionally in Asia, um, with, with a formal interview with the teacher, you, you wouldn't, there'd be actually probably no personal sharing. There'd be sharing of meditative experiences, but you wouldn't say, um, you know, I, I had a hard time finding a parking space getting here, or, or, you know, the, um, you know, yesterday I was a little sick, or you know, uh, I got a new dog or something. You you wouldn't that you wouldn't share any of that, right? So here we do that. So that's kind of fascinating. So how uh, we can share uh, kind of conventional things, but still stay on track. You see what I'm saying? Because usually it'd be like, no, don't even, you know, don't even talk about, you know, don't even talk about, like, you're just regular stuff. It would all be, it'd all be like you're in some kind of math class or something. We have a math teacher, right? Harry, you've taught math, right? Yeah, so you're teaching math class, you know, and not having people go, well, I, I mean, you know, I'm trying to do this trig, and, but first I want to tell you, you know, about how my day's been going, right? It's just you do the math, Right. But in America, we, we're, we're going between conventional world uh, and, you know, uh, absolute world. So, you know, it's very high level what we're doing because we're, we're trying to, uh, you know, balance uh, and find the middle way. So it's actually quite advanced, but it takes uh, a lot of effort because usually it's all absolute world, absolute world. You don't even, like... Sometimes in the monastery, people don't even know your last name. You'd practice with someone for years and go, I don't know what, I don't know what you, where you come from. You know, I just might like, okay, you're, you're Lo Song or something. <laughs> like with 5,000 other people. And that's it, you know. So no personal world. So, but, so it's more difficult to balance the personal world and balance the absolute world. It takes more dedication. It takes more effort from me. Absolutely, it takes more effort from me. So... Uh, that, that's, that's interesting to, to Rinpoche. So uh, we've invited him back, and um, uh, we're going to uh, send some donations to his uh, uh, organization, um, uh, which primarily, you know, is, is uh, kind of what we're doing at Loaves and Fishes, right? You know, just feeding, right? He loves it, so. I think we gathered, you know, about a thousand dollars. So, so that's very nice. So, thank you everybody for that. Yeah. <clears throat> I'd like to um, share some of the uh, summary of the his teachings and. Um, how, how we can integrate that in our practice. 
Um, we don't invite teachers and then you know, say, well, that was interesting, but we're not doing any practices you taught. <laughs> that would be insulting, right? You know? But people do that in the West. They go, hey, why don't you come do the blah, blah, and then the teacher would come again the next year or two, and you're not doing it, right? <laughs> so <laughs> that's kind of uh, the commitment. So uh, we need to um, uh, do the Manjushri practice, right? <laughs> A few people have said they would do that, <clears throat> and uh, I, I donated uh, Manjushri Tanka, and we we have it sitting over Matthew. So you know, maybe he'll get some you know energy from that. You see, you know, we'll expect high things now. You know. <laughs> <clears throat> um, generally, we don't buy. Um, Tankas on the internet, um, although there's some uh, stores that are, are through centers that uh, are good to support. Um, I think there, there are two ones that I know, like Tibetan Spirit, I think is back east, and Tibetan Treasures is Chad Good Gumpas um, uh, store, and, uh, and then FPMT store. So w- when you're buying through those, Websites, you know, the money isn't just going to an art dealer. But there probably are some really good uh, art dealers like that. Um, but this Tonka um, uh, is from uh, Tibet, Nepal, in, in Davis. Uh, and the owner there, uh, his name is Hera Shakya. So um, he's from Nepal. And, of course, he's part of the Shakya clan, just like Shakya Muni, right? <clears throat> Uh, I've known Hera 30 years now, so <laughs> so I go in. I just have to tell you because there's, there's no such thing as buying anonymous art. So uh, how's it going? He goes, "Oh, business is terrible," <laughs> and um, but he's still in business. You know, this is traditional kind of Nepal too. You'd, you'd never say um, business is great. You know. Um, the business is terrible. I don't know why I do this anymore. Um, <laughs> no one cares about it. You know, they just buy. You know, da da da. So that that's part of the ritual. And then, um, you know, then then he generously gave a discount too. Yeah. Um, but uh, you know, and some members have come forward, but. This, this, it's golden too, but this small tonka just, the discounted price, I'm just being real honest, it's good, you know, you should know. So, just this tonka alone was like $400. Okay. And he's had it for ages. Because every time I've gone into the store over the last 20 years, like it's just sitting there. Okay. So, like these um, really large temple tonkas, like the new Vajrasattva that, um, uh, Geshe Sewang uh, sent for us. That that's a huge tanka. Yeah, I mean that's um, you know there's a lot of work. So um, you generally don't. You always say every piece of Dharma art is good. So you never say that's that's not a good statue, a good rupa, a good art. You never would criticize. You you would you would maybe say the artist. You you wouldn't say it. 
because then it becomes sacred. And when Geshe Sewan comes, we're, we're going to have a constant, uh, consecration of, of the Tonka. And we have another, uh, a single Vajrasattva Tonka too. So uh, we'll send out an email, but he's going to be here over Memorial Day weekend, Saturday and Sunday. Memorial Day is Monday the 27th. I know some people will be barbecuing or out of town, but uh, he's going to give a talk about uh, Nagari Institute and education, and then I will be doing some Vajrasattva practice like that. So we'll ask him about the artist, right? Like that. So all the arts, uh, you know, personal. <clears throat> so first night was uh, absolute truth, relative or conventional truth, uh, two truths. Who who was there for the two truths talk? Yeah, yeah, that was good. Um, <clears throat> Rinpoche was very emphatic, making a point that um, uh, you've, you've got to do the practice, and the practice has, has to be practical. So he really brought it down to like, you know, working on the misperceived self and, and seeing um, uh, open, transparent nature of ourselves, right? So, and he said, oh, I always used to be a philosopher, and da 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 da. Um, so some people thought, well, Great, I don't have to do any reading, and now I don't have to do the study program. <laughs> no, you have to. <laughs> After you've done all the study and practice, and you've done everything, then you can say, I'm not, <laughs> I don't have to do it anymore. When you've mastered it, you can say, no more learning, right? So the five paths, paths of you know, uh, preparation, accumulation, and meditation, the path of seeing, there's called five paths, and then there's the path of no more learning, right? So just he's very humble, you know. He's joking, but it it's saying like, uh, you know, he he's had some mastery on that. So he doesn't, you know, he he has that as part of his content, right? It doesn't mean like now burn all your books, but he means he means to say learn it properly and uh, learn how to debate and not argue. So in, uh, in the three-year program I'm putting together uh, that I talked about with Rinpoche, um, he said, oh, you know, you must, must, you must have debate in there, you know. Uh, so that was my opportunity. He said, oh, Rinpoche, you know, I'm really not good at debate. So will you please come? <laughs> so I'm going to hold him to that um, because he taught uh, the fundamentals of debate um, up at my Tripa College in Portland a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Debate's difficult. Um, it's the last thing that we really have been doing in the West because uh, in the monasteries, everything's memorized. There are no books. You're not kind of like, let me check out the text. It's totally memorized. And if you forget what you're doing... You're gone, right? That's it. You, if you can't cite, you know. Um, and of course, it's in Tibetan. So we, we have many different translations now. So like which one's authoritative and you've got to agree. But we might be able to do it. There's some people that perhaps are doing it in English a little bit. 
Rinpoche was talking to me about actually this, and I didn't get the, I got an email and get the website. Patty can help me for that. Like, there's actually a computer generated kind of uh, debate thing that somebody's done. But the emphasis isn't just on the fun of the debate. It means, debate means you have a real dialogue and a real discussion that has, that is motivated by bodhicitta and not an argument. So when he's saying philosophers argue, he's saying you're holding on to a fixed position and you're just trying to be right and you're just trying to win. Isn't that it? You know, you know, like, so in recovery we'd say you can either be happy or you can be right. <laughs> and then there's, there's a marriage therapist that says you can either be married or you can be right. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so, uh, he's really emphasizing that you know we we're not we have to be very careful that we're training to dialogue and not to argue. It's huge, right? <clears throat> so there are a few scholars, Daniel Purdue, scholar, and translated some of the basic uh, debate texts, um, but that doesn't mean you know then. Uh, that's how you do the debate, but then you have to study what you debate about, right? The, the rules of the debate is like memorizing, you know, Monopoly or something, and then there's learning how to play it. So if you said, you were memorizing the rules of the debate, but like the debate is going to start with something from uh, like Dharmakirti and valid cognition. So if you haven't read... Dharmakirti's, and I'm just throwing out a name, but it's, you know, Dharmakirti's unvalid cognition. You're, you're, you know, because you you're not just debating whether, you know, just picking something out of the air. So you have, we both have to have read it, and then if we, that's, you know, so uh, you 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 both have to memorize it then too. So we have to start out like real simple, you know. Yeah, so <laughs> we might have to like, we'll take one line, you know, and like, can you remember, can you guys remember like one page, you know, we'll just debate like one, you know, one page. Um, <laughs> uh, so the, the way uh, um, the, the, uh, the defender, you know, is sitting kind of, Low and the the questioner. You've probably seen videos or maybe even seen kind of demonstration. You know, they're going like this, you know. So I'm putting it to you. You know, what do you have to say about that? Um, so it's it's a very lively um, situation. So I don't think we'll like try to replicate that. You know, we're not going doing that. You know, sometimes take you know like this and like, um, huh? Yeah, this you know it's it's uh, yeah yeah. So um, it's also a really uh, energetic. So it's very good with with probably with you know young monks who have lots of testosterone. You know, it's like okay. <clears throat> so we probably won't replicate that, but we'll probably memorize something and then we'll have uh, you know a discussion like that. It's kind of interesting because, uh, of course, um, 
as therapist, I do some couple therapy, although I'm getting too old to do a lot. But um, usually people have different versions, right? Uh, so, but what if you start out with the same version? Now, what's interesting is even when people watch a videotape of their interactions, uh, like, um, you know, John Godman, famous therapist in Seattle, you know, put people, it was first like a reality show in a way, years ago, put people in a house and put cameras all over the place and then recorded people for a week. But, and then uh, he would show the video back to people, right? You know, certain portions. And guess what? They would disagree about what happened. <laughs> Not surprised, right? <laughs> but uh, at least by looking at the same thing, you, you, know, you can realize how we take different perspectives, right? So that's what's interesting. If you're talking about the same text, you can go, wow, I read the text this way, and I read the text that way. Because the point of, uh, you know, we're, we're driving towards what uh, our particular style is called consequentialist school, prasangika madhyamika, middle way consequentialist school. So we want to we bring out what your biases are. So you can see, like, oh, I'm, I'm attached to this view, or you're attached to that view, right? So you can't say, I'm not attached to the views. We, at first, we have to bring out the view. We have to bring out uh, you know, where, what you're particularly fixated on. That's the point of the practice. So that's the point of the shamatha, of apashana practice, and of tantra too, is the point is, the same as, as dialogue debate, which is, yes, we're, we're here to uh, be transparent or expose uh, where we're stuck. Usually we want to avoid that, right? We don't want to look stupid, awkward. We don't... We don't want to feel bad, stupid, and wrong. We don't, we don't want to expose our stuff, right? We want to clean up the stuff and then emerge enlightened, right? We want to do the... <laughs> we want to do it in secret and then emerge. Like, how do I look, guys? And you look awake and enlightened. Okay, great, thank you. Uh, so... That's why you know monastery and sangha temple practice is very difficult because the idea is we're here with an agreement to follow certain practices and rules and an agreement to notice where we're we're stuck to notice our ego fixations and in a compassionate aware way to um, own them and to you know help other people own them too right that's difficult right. <coughs> So the, the reason why Rinpoche was, was emphasizing with me so much on debate, because in our school so much is on that sense of dialogue to expose our stuck points and then to liberate them, right? To see it. But then when we see it, uh, when we, you know, like we kind of empty out the fixation, then, then you rest in awareness. He, he had a little, you know, he's learning new words, like, how did he say awareness? I can't remember. Was, yeah. What did he say? Awareness, yeah. Like, um, so awareness. So when, when we uh, recognize nature of reality, nature of mind, then, uh, then we rest there. 
That's important, right? When, when, when you see it, then you rest. So uh, all, of the, all of the training is you, you look, you investigate, and then when you find it, you stop. That goes all the way from shamatha, <coughs> calm abiding, tranquility mission, all the way up to uh, Dzogchen, right? Look. And when you don't find it, what does that mean? If, if you don't find it and you followed the methodology, it means it's not there. And then you rest. Do you notice how in the shamatha it says rest? Rest. Investigate. Investigate the stuck place and then rest. When, when you're in an uh, even place or even kind of happy place, uh, stop, don't investigate, right? At this point, don't investigate. Later, you can investigate happiness, but at first, you know, just untie the kite string, and when it's untied, go fly the kite. Don't, you know, like, well, how did I get all tangled up in the first place? Why did I get tangled up? Who tangled me up? No, when you... When the kite string gets untangled and the wind's blowing, just put up the kite, correct? Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, then, uh, second talk on Manjushri. So, um, that was very interesting, too. I don't know, when he was giving the empowerment, could people, probably couldn't, we didn't hand out the text, so people, so he said visualize and and maybe you couldn't see the tonk in the back. I don't know. But uh, Manjushri has, like, sword, right? So it was funny. He's, he's, got a, he's got a real sense of humor. So it's like, how long can Manjushri hold up the sword, right? So um, uh, the visualization is to aid in our practice. We're not literally thinking that uh, pristine awareness, you know, uh, is carrying around a sword. So it's, it's symbolic, right? Okay. But the, the, we should think of the sword as not like hacking sword, like Game of Thrones or something. You know, uh, it, it's like a uh, hot knife through warm butter. It's gentle, gentle voice. Jamyang, gentle voice. Manjushri, sweet, uh, gentle wisdom. Like, That's, that's important, right? So sometimes people think, oh, I'm going to, this is St. Michael slaying the dragon. But no, it's just gentle. Like if you take your hand like this, are, are, are you reach, are, is there any obstacle? You know, you just kind of, you, you should be just not having any obstacle, right? Like slashing, you know, are you hitting anything? Hopefully you're not hitting anything when you do that, right? It's just like that. <laughs> So we'll do the Manjushri practice, and then the Shamatha uh, talk was interesting, right? Who was there for the Shamatha talk Friday night? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <coughs> uh, Rimshay is very um, mm, engaging, right, with an audience, isn't it so? Uh, and so I liked, it, it, we did a few demos. <laughs> so thank you, uh, Greg and Eden, you know. Um, 
that's like going to a therapy conference where the therapist will say, hey, who wants to do you know, this demo? And it's kind of scary. You, know, you get up there and you don't know what's going to happen. So that was good. Um, so in, uh, in teaching, uh, our, you know, our mornings or evenings, uh, you know, Ramshay wants us to emphasize uh, you know, energy, which is very Vajrayana. We're emphasizing energy. And we're en- emphasizing that our energy can benefit others. It's kind of a little bit new agey, right? We can do that. We're that school. We're not just going to be psychological as well. My mind is just in my head, and I can wish you well, but it won't do you any good. You know, no. So we're actually, <laughs> or we're actually saying we we do generate energy. That's why he's kind of doing this like thing and you know, like this, right? This is kind of one style. Like you can work on that point. So we, he wants us to, you know, have an energized uh, meditation practice. Um, he wants us to have uh, an understanding that our energy affects other people. That we're not just neutral, or we're just not totally contained, right? So. You don't have to be competitive. You don't have to think, well, I'm starting off six inch or uh, next year I hope to be a seven inch or something. You know, just, just work on bodhicitta and, of course, it will open up. But uh, you really want to emphasize that our, our, our energy and our mind are connected. And that it's okay to have a sense of well-being in meditation. It's okay to feel good, you know. That's Lama Yeshe um, in the old days used to talk about it's okay to enjoy your chocolate, <sighs> right? You know, you can. Oh, that, that that's not uh, that's not uh, uh, grasping, right? Grasping is like if you think the chocolate, you know, the pleasure from eating chocolate. Obviously, you like chocolate, right? So the pleasure of eating chocolate will last forever or give me ultimate happiness. But it's okay to just go, gosh, that really tastes so good. Just like in, even in uh, shamatha meditation, which, isn't, which is still doing meditation from somewhat a relative point of view, it's okay to actually like, feel good. We don't have to think, well, now I'm getting attached to feel good, so I've got to um, start you know, poking myself with a knife or something. Or, or judging myself. Oh, I'm feeling kind of good. Maybe I better, like, remind myself I'm no good. No. So, <laughs> so in, in shamatha practice, tranquility meditation, we, we are, we're not chasing after, uh, uh, you know, bliss from the standpoint of Haigas Yoga Tantra. We're just really getting okay with, uh, very basic, sensate, nice feeling of well-being, right? Like we're not meant to, like, you know, be sitting in pain as a as a style, right? I mean, we all have some pain when we sit, right? But yeah. So, but we're we're not we're not we're not after like an uncomfortable position, correct? And then the last part to emphasize for those people leading groups is like uh, there's a sense of um, 
uh, balanced lightness. Uh, in, in shamatha, uh, at first we start, our, our body feels very, uh, you know, stiff and kind of cranky in a way. But then uh, there's, there's a feeling of lightness. That doesn't mean you leave your body. So when you disassociate, that means, like, my body is terrible, I want to leave it. So we're not into disassociating. This is enlightenment in the body. That's tantra, right? Enlightenment in the body. The body is the dharmakaya. The body is a sambhogakaya. The body is a deity's body. So we're not like, oh, great, I, I left my body. And whenever anybody tells me that, I go, no, 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 please come back. And then, then I have to say, who am I talking to right now? <laughs> you know, I want to talk to the one on the driver's license. Okay. So, but you, you're having a sense of well-being in the body, a sense of ease and pliability in the body. We have time for a few comments. So I, I covered those three those points, right? Okay. Yes, sir. I just was back to the beginning of your talk. Uh, I, I invited a friend to come here today. She wasn't able to make it, but she mm-hmm. studies in the Longchen Yintik lineage. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I characterized what today was as an ongoing experiment in what Buddhism looks like in America. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Does that be correct? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Hi, Lama. Um, can you say something a bit more about, uh, well, in the first talk, he, um, he briefly taught how to do the practice for ultimate truth um, in a non-scholarly way. Mm-hmm. And he briefly said, well, you just search for the self and you try to find it. And can you elaborate just a bit on that? Because I, I was kind of trying to think, like, okay, but, but what exactly does that entail? Like, does he want me to like think about it as I'm doing it? Is it kind of like a, or, or does he just want me to like f- try to just feel it, like scan the body and mm. scan the skandhas, or does he want me to just kind of repeat the question like a coin? Like what exactly does it entail? Can you say a bit mm. about that? Yeah, that's a good question. Thank you. I, I didn't cover that. You'll be missed. So, um, this, uh, the, Analytical meditation, sometimes it's called, or investigation, or vipassana, um, superior seeing, um, is a very intellectual and emotional search for what's going on and who's doing this. So it, it's presented, you know, sometimes in kind of looks like kind of a formulaic way, right? Um, but uh, the um, the idea is there's a tremendous amount of energy behind it. So I've sometimes talked about like uh, you're searching for uh, how the self appears uh, just as strong as you might be searching for your keys, right? <laughs> if you lost your keys, then you've got to be somewhere. But it's even actually more intense than that. It's like searching for a lost child. So there's a real intensity balanced with a sense of discipline. You know, or if someone's holding a gun in your head and they, they say, just come up with the right answer and we'll free you. So it's presented in that kind of light way because uh, traditionally in, in retreat or 
in a monastic situation, you know, it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of intensity. It's a balanced intensity, and in a way it's relaxed, but it, it is not just um, a, uh, you know, a classroom style, like, you know, thinking about. Yeah, we, it, it's like a lot hinges on it. So there's, there's, uh, there's a huge emotional investment like that. So we, we take a structure that um, looks kind of formulaic when we do the actual kind of, is it over here, is it over there? But um, uh, it's actually quite intense. So it's, it's a little bit similar to doing, this is the discussions Rimshri and I had uh, when he came to Middleway Health. It's, it's somewhat similar to doing trauma work, you know? So when, when someone has a strong uh, trauma and they have an uh, intrusive image, right? Intrusive image and um, uh, thoughts and intrusive emotions, right? Let's take panic attack, right? So um, panic attacks can come out of nowhere and suddenly like you're flooded, right? So when using kind of an investigative approach, then we, we really start thinking, well, it appears that the panic attack is coming from over here or coming from over there. You know, there's actually a bodily sense of panic attack. So when we're investigating it, it really has a strong intensity. So when he was doing a little bit, well, is it on this side or on this side? Or You know, he made joke kind of like, you know, you know where east, north, south, west is, but everyone says I'm the center, right? So it's a very strong thing because uh, if anybody's had a panic attack, uh, it, it really is a panic attack, right? You either want to get the F out of the building or you really think you're going to die. So if you took this sense of investigation and really used it, um, you would say, well, uh, if, if I'm really going to die. What, what's going to die here? Right? You know, so you're really getting into it. So it's a very emotional kind of thing. Usually it has, you know, usually we're not going to do that kind of real investigation until we're under some kind of a little bit of pressure. So the idea of uh, teacher-student trust is that uh, the situation, because we we're in a panic attack, which is called samsara. Samsara is one long panic attack. And then we, but we, and the teacher is kind of driving us, you know, to, to look at it, right? Because usually in trauma, you know, we don't want to look at it. Isn't that so? You know, everyone says, I just wanted to go away, right? I just want to feel better, and I just wanted to go away. Please fix it, make it go away, I want to feel better. That's it, right? So we're, we're saying in Dharma, like, well, actually, we need to really look at it. So to do that takes a certain kind of container, right? And it takes a certain kind of trust, deep trust, right? So I've likened it to, like, you're climbing up, El Capitan in the dark with no ropes. And the head climber is going, oh, you know, just let go of this arm over here, let go of this hold, and just kind of jump a little bit to the right and grab it over here. That's how they do it, right? They do. They do do it like that, you know? So it takes a lot of trust, right? You can't see the handhold. It's in the dark, and you've got to let go of this over here, and kind of jump over to here, right? So you have to trust the lead climber. 
That's why so much emphasis is put on the guru yoga and the trust in the teacher and checking out the teacher because you will be asked to do something that looks out of your comfort zone, you know, because to look for the trauma, look for that really what's happening takes that kind of leap. But we can do it. Don't you think? You know, so people ask, well, what's, you know, like, have you taken that leap? And I go, yes, I got married and had kids. So that's it, right? <laughs> yeah, you don't know what's going to happen. That's a good question. Autumn, yeah. Did you have your hand up? No, okay. Maybe it's Renee. It looked like your hand. Yeah. Hmm. Hello. So, oh, wow, that's loud. Mm. Wow. So, um, I was gonna say, you mentioned the chocolate, the uh, llama yesterday and the chocolate. Is that from the book when the chocolate runs out? From llama yesterday. You wrote a book called "When the Chocolate Runs Out." It has a little chocolate bar on it. Oh, does it? it oh, that's llama yesterday. <laughs> okay. Oh, I was just wondering if you if you've read that book at all. You've no, I haven't seen that book. No, oh. he used to talk about it a lot. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, he liked chocolate. Yeah, what, but that, that's, yeah, that's good. What was his main, um, you know, you talked about grasping. What is the main idea behind this teaching with chocolate? Well, the idea is that we, um, usually with desire, we're, uh, you know, we're exaggerating the positive qualities of the experience or the object, right? We're delusional. We're thinking that will give me lasting happiness. Or if I have that chocolate, I won't have to think about paying my taxes. Or if I have that chocolate, I won't be sad anymore. Or that, or it will just, it'll be permanent. I'll always have this wonderful feeling and taste and it'll last forever. So that's the delusional quality. So he's saying, in our school, you know, we get to enjoy the chocolate. We just enjoy it with a wisdom mind, not projecting, you know, more on it. Instead of, you know, just uh, a denial, Hinayana kind of style. Yeah. Does that make sense? So, do you like chocolate? Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel like chocolate now. Do, do you ever eat it and then just think just one more will make me better? No. no. I, go, I go, oh man, this is not going to end well for me. I feel pretty yeah. guilty about this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yes. When Rinpoche talked about, um, you know, like transferring energy, yeah, it made me think about the Dalai Lama. There's that quote from the Dalai Lama about Tong Len where he says, "I don't know if when I'm doing this, anything is being is happening between us, but I know that it helps me, and so then I become more skillful." Are they talking about two different things, or? Uh, well, not really. You know, they're just different levels of Tonglen. So, um, uh, you know, I, you know, the basic, the most important thing really is the motivation. You know, so just the motivation is, you know, dropping our barriers to someone else's suffering or willing to be exposed ourselves is, is, is bodhicitta and is the main thing, right? That's the most important. But there, there are some really incredible... Uh, you know, teachers and beings or people that 
they can actually like take on, you know, uh, transfer the suffering. So there's a famous uh, uh, story about Milarepa. He was talking about Milarepa with a butter lamp on his head, and he was going, "Don't do that," you know. So, but uh, if you want to do that, get one of those uh, like electric tea lights, because we don't want to burn your house down. Right? You know, you get sleepy and then. You ever done that? Yeah. So have you ever had like a butter lamp tip over? You know, people get sometimes really in, this is a little aside, but this is more. So sometimes people really get into the, the thing and they really want to get authentic tea light, authentic, you know, lamps. So they get actual ghee, right? And they, they roll the little wool kind of thingy, cotton wool thingy. And, you know, you get these huge, like this is a big, you know, butter lamp here. Uh, and it's like this big. And if you kick it over, you've got serious <laughs> ghee all over. You know, so you don't want to do that. Use Crisco. Yeah, Crisco. You can use that instead. That's good to know. Yeah, yeah. So you don't, you, you don't have to do that. They, they actually have even electric lamps at Sarajay. You know, they just really don't. So, um, yeah, but some, like Milarepa uh, was having... Um, you know, kind of the struggle with uh, uh, a geshe that uh, was kind of competitive with him. Because sometimes people are competitive about, you know, their students, like like Milarepa would come into town and <laughs> all the, the geshe students would go to see Milarepa, you know, and Milarepa would say different things than the geshe would say. I get that. I hate that too. You know, somebody like... <laughs> just to be honest, like some people go to see other teachers and they I just saw da 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 and da 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 and and then it's totally wrong or bullshit and then I have to go, Oh good. And then, <laughs> and then the other time people go, I just saw a teacher da 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 and I find, you know, like in Lamala you've never said that and I'm going, I've been saying that ten years. <laughs> okay, you had to hear from someone else? Okay. But in this case the Geshu is very competitive with Milarepa and um, you know but you know there was this kind of contest and in any case make it short so uh, uh, the Geshe was trying to you know uh, harm Milarepa and Milarepa said I don't want you to experience the karma of that Um, uh, you know and and so Milarepa was feeling you know took on his pain and his illness for a while and there are many actually present-day examples of incredible teachers that, that can do that. You know, so uh, these are more tantric kinds of things. We, we, we just keep, uh, but uh, they're, they're actual, you know, like miracles. Weird things can happen. But that's not the reason we're doing them. You know, we're, we're, the motivation is the most important. Yeah. And Dalai Lama in general, people want to say, no, you're not going to get sick by doing Tonglen. The reason why you won't get sick by doing Tonglen, uh, they don't like to say, is because, frankly, you're not at the stage where you're going to be able to do that. Okay? You know, people say, will I get sick by taking No, you won't, because you don't have the, you haven't hit the level of mind where that is going to happen. You see what I'm saying? You know, you're, that's not going to happen. You, you may feel a little bit uh, upset, um, but you should work with that. You literally won't get sick. 
because you don't have the capacity to do it. They don't like to say that, but that's the truth. We should take like short break, right? And come back to short meditation. Okay, just stretch. I love this bell, you know, it's, it's not very, um, it wasn't a very expensive bell, but it, it'll like, it'll ring for a long, long time, you know. So, um, uh, sometimes people like go out and, and, you know, they get all excited and then they buy a lot of ritual stuff. And I generally, uh, of course that's fine in a way, but like you don't have to buy like fancy stuff. That's important. You know, so, you know, people, like some of the high lamas sometimes show up and they have really fancy stuff and you think, I've got to have, you don't, right? So, also, like, my teacher gave me many uh, wonderful implements uh, and things uh, before he died. And then, like, a month after he died, the center got broken into and everything was stolen. So, like, you know... <laughs> okay, so we we have time to do uh, like an 18-minute sitting. <clears throat> this has been a Lion's Roar Dharma Center recording. For more information, visit lionsroardharmacenter.org.